It takes more than great code to be a great engineer. This is Soft Skills Engineering, episode 51. I'm your host, Dave Smith. I'm your host, Jameson Dance. Soft Skills Engineering is a advice show for engineers. We will advise you in a second, but first we have a couple little announcements. One is we want to talk about a podcast that we like. It's called Elmtown. It's a uh, definitely a technical podcast, so don't be... I don't know, thrown off by that. If you think the, <laughs> the only podcasts out there are non-technical, it's about the Elm programming language, which is a really cool little, little language that I use and love. And it's by a good friend of mine. You can check them out at elmtown.github.io or in your favorite podcasting app. They just kind of talk about the, the Elm community, about cool projects that people are doing with Elm. And they also do a lot of um, just kind of introduction to how to build things or do common tasks in Elm because it's still a pretty young community. So check out Elmtown. Cool. Uh, we also have a comment from a listener today. Uh, this comes from Daniel in Canada who says, I just listened to episode 47 and I wanted to let you know that in Canada, the government provides salary statistics for each job for each city and it's a very useful resource. Thanks, Daniel. I just typed in Daniel doesn't show me how much daniel makes <laughs> but still useful still useful but not not exactly what i was hoping to get <laughs> yeah i was hoping for more of a stocking tool and less of a general information tool but this is this is okay i guess <laughs> all right should we get to our first question yes you want to read it for us yeah this is from listener awais ali sorry for mispronouncing your name i'm sure oh i'm a junior dev on a team of about six with six projects happening simultaneously my boss wants us to adopt Scrum, capital S Scrum, and has chosen me as Scrum Master, capital S Scrum, capital M Master. <laughs> I have less than a year of experience, and this is my first job. We've done two sprints, and they haven't gone well at all. We haven't done a proper sprint planning. The end of the sprint was dropped, and meetings devolve into long technical discussions. I'm not the best moderator, and I find it hard to interrupt the senior engineers. I'm trying my best to encourage Scrum adoption in the team. However, this has proven to be difficult since half the team members are disinterested and the product owner doesn't seem to be following the, quote, rules of Scrum. Furthermore, most examples of Scrum I read about are one team, one project, but we are one team and six projects. How can I help my teams adopt Scrum? Or rather, should we even be doing Scrum at all? And then this is in parentheses. It feels like we shouldn't. Hmm. Uh, I first want to focus on how did you get chosen as Scrum Master? Was there some kind of challenge or is this <laughs> like a birthright position or <laughs> was there Feats divine strength. revelation in, in, yeah, involved? <laughs> what do you, well, okay. I know nothing about capital S Scrum besides what I've like absorbed from just working in programming. I've never like read a book or taken a class or been certified or anything my impression is there's some dysfunction here and that dysfunction has been crammed into a scrum shaped box <laughs> and then the expectation is like now it will work <laughs> but i don't think there are any box. that is so i don't think good. there are any rules that are, are boxes that will just like fix a dysfunctional team so maybe we should find a different shaped box and cram the dysfunction into <laughs> yeah that. exactly maybe the problem is scrum is wrong but xp the xp shaped box will fit <laughs> us better or yeah the one team six projects thing sounds weird the meetings devolving into long technical discussions i don't think that's a scrum specific problem 
but it definitely happens <laughs> yeah. uh, everywhere and sounds equally bad in both Scrum and non-Scrum. I don't know. Just sounds bad overall. And and Scrum, surprise, surprise, Scrum is not fixing the badness magically by itself. So here's one thing I know about Scrum. And actually, I know this about every single development methodology on Earth. And that is that if your team isn't all in agreement and on board, it's going to go badly. And I don't hmm. care if it's Scrum, XP, CMMI level five, you know, whatever. If people don't agree on what the rules of the process are, then it's not going to go good. And I'm seeing some of that here. Like he says, the product owner doesn't follow the rules. He says the engineers didn't really have a sprint planning before they started the sprint. Right. And here he is mm-hmm. one year. What is he? One year of experience and <laughs> trying to manage all this. Very, very challenging. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. It seems like this kind of process stuff is easy to sabotage. Yes. Even on accident. Yeah, yeah. You you mentioned the the meeting moderator thing. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely a skill that you can improve at. I can see why it would be hard to interrupt people, especially if you are a more junior developer and there yeah. are senior engineers on the team. Um but the the thing that helps me, so normally I avoid confrontation at at great cost to yes. myself and others <laughs> but some there's like a little flip that switches inside of me when i'm in a meeting and i become the incredible jameson hulk and just like <laughs> get so grumpy and upset that i'm in a meeting that i'll just like interrupt people and cut them off and be a jerk oh. but you can do that nicely in a way that moves the meeting forward and and I think the key is to recognize what is the point of this meeting. And if the point is to have long technical discussions, then that's great. Yeah. And if it isn't, then you're wasting everyone's time by, by doing those in that meeting. And so, uh, your, your job is to like defend everyone's time, right? If they're having this long technical discussion, even if it's productive for those people, everyone else is just sitting there twiddling their thumbs, waiting for them to finish. Yeah. And it just like kind of drags everything down. So you, you have to like, defend the time of the team yeah i like with that. the scrum master sword that's right the sword that you pulled out of the scrum rock yeah <laughs> the scrum rock wouldn't it be the scrum stone for oh, oh of course it would of course it would <laughs> i think when you're in a meeting and you're wondering if the meeting or rather no you're not wondering you know that it's gone off track and mm-hmm. now you feel like your job is to bring it back on track i have found that a good way to do that is to ask the question, hey, are we on track for the purpose of this meeting? Or Another way to ask that that's a little more gentle is to say, hey, should we schedule a separate time to go down this line of thinking and go deeper into it? Um, and then I think that will jolt people into realizing that the meeting has gone off track and to give them a nice way to say, yeah, I think we should schedule another time. And then you can get back to the topic at hand. And, I, and you can do that even as a junior developer because... You're expected to ask questions like that. Like it can come from a place of genuine curiosity. Like, are we on track? Is this is this how this is supposed to go? And they'll answer hopefully honestly. Yeah. Yeah, there's this weird thing that happens in meetings where everyone, once you're in the meeting room, it's okay to waste people's time. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's not okay or there it feels less okay to say like, "Hey, you're wasting people's time." Yeah, that's interesting. But 
I don't know. It's fine. You just might get a reputation for being grumpy in meetings. Like, yeah. I have. <laughs> but when, they sure go faster. <laughs> <laughs> when you walked in that meeting door, you checked your right to have useful time spent at the door. <laughs> and now I'm going to use all the time on this Outlook calendar event. Yeah. Yeah. How how would you approach solving this problem? Say it's it does sound like they're not all bought into Scrum. Would you say buying in all the way is the answer? Or would you say Scrum will not save you? Fix some other <laughs> problems first. <laughs> I think step one is to get a very nicely printed out, maybe embossed copy of the Agile Manifesto. Put it behind glass, get a nice frame, and just carry it around with you everywhere. And then anytime anything goes it's, wrong, just hold it sword. up. Yeah, that's your sword. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and then I think that'll solve everything. Just Just kind of aim it at the person so the sunlight reflects off the glass and gets them right in the eyes. <laughs> That's the laser pointer you put at the end. <laughs> You'll smite them with the sword of the Agile Manifesto. <laughs> I think um I think it's I think it's really hard to change an organization if you've identified dysfunction, especially if you're not uh, at the head of the organization. And in this case, you've you've got the title of Scrum Master, capital S, capital M, but mm-hmm. you don't really have authority. You're not signing anyone's paychecks and you're not making important like team decisions, right? There are other people who are usually in that role. So it's tough, which means you have to influence from the sidelines. So what direction would you influence them in? I think some of it would, I mean, we talked about like making the meetings more efficient. That'd be cool. Mm-hmm. But some of the other issues are, they aren't doing planning. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sounds like they're just having problems communicating with the product team and about what they're going to do, yeah. which is also broadly bad. And then they just have a lot of stuff they're supposed to do all at once, six projects yeah. and, and yeah. one team. Scrum is not going to fix that problem. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's really hard. But I think the other stuff can be fixed at least one way to start with that would be to sit everyone down in a room and say, this is Scrum. Lay it out for them. Here is how Scrum works. We start with a planning meeting. We're going to do this every sprint. The end goal is X. We're going to, you know, have like a demo at the end of every sprint. Maybe set up a demo meeting at the end of each sprint. And everyone needs to buy into this. And this needs to come not from the Scrum Master, but rather from the person who's responsible for this team. The Scrum Master is really there to help make sure the process runs smoothly, the Scrum Master is not there to define the process. You know what I mean? Well, I don't because I don't know anything about Scrum, but now I do. (laughs) (laughs) So I would probably sit down privately with your manager first and say, here's what I understand Scrum to be. Is this your understanding? Make sure that they are bought in. Get the product owner in the room as well. And then sit down with the rest of the team and have them lay that out and say, okay, your new Scrum Master here is going to be the person to help us shepherd this process and make sure that we follow it. And because what I'm hearing, reading between the lines here is that people are not bought in. You know, you probably have a bunch of people who have done things one way for a long time and they're like, this newfangled Scrum business isn't going to save us. And they're right, <laughs> right? I mean, they're right about that. Mm-hmm. But you need you need to get the team harmonized on this idea if it's going to be successful because there's a thousand ways for it to fail. Yeah. I think that I am more broadly skeptical of process, probably because I haven't worked at a company large enough that 
I mean, if, if you have a thousand engineers, you need some way to organize that. And I can't fathom what that would be like. So I just kind of like look at all this stuff and sneer at it and, and make fun of how it all came out of this agile manifesto. That's like a paragraph. Long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so my, my inclination would be more to attack, like the product owner doesn't seem to have a clear direction of what you should be working on. Um, and you can impose scrum rules on that, but it doesn't, I don't know that the scrum rules will solve that problem. And then the, our team has six different projects. We're all supposed, we're supposed to be working on all at once. Uh, which means like, I don't know, your team has six people. So -hmm. there's maybe like one person on each project in the sprint, or you're just like bouncing back and forth between projects with each card or, I don't know. It just, you have no focus on your team. And Scrum isn't going to fix that either. Just by more efficiently planning and tracking what you're working on, you'll still be spread across six different things. So I totally agree with all that. I think you're you're right. And that might, I, I can't remember, but that might actually be a violation of one of the Scrum tenets. Oh, so you're saying by sitting down and defining the Scrum process, you will, you will end up attempting to solve that problem maybe maybe i don't know i i can't actually remember they 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 mention it in the question they say most examples of scrum i read about are one team one project yeah yeah okay so i think if i were you like coming bringing the conversation back now down to what do you do junior scrum master i would actually ask my manager this very pointed question which is why did you choose me as scrum master what are you hoping to get out of this and (laughs) to not have to be scrum master (laughs) (laughs) i asked everyone else and they all said no (laughs) no but really i mean what what is your manager hoping to get out of this situation maybe you were chosen because they see it as like a development opportunity for you maybe they see the role of scrum master as something different from what you see it as and what the books say it should be and it would be really good to know what what that is so that you can try to deliver what your manager wanted Hmm. Yeah, I think the theme here is communication. Yeah, but but more specifically, I think it's about expectations. I think we have people operating independently, probably everyone with good intentions, and wondering why no one gets what they want at the end of the day. You yeah. Know? So like communication about the expectations that each person on this gr- in this group has of the other people. To me, the, the, the reason to adopt a process like this is that it would solve some problems you're having, that you're trying to do something, you encounter some pain, and then you say like, okay, we're having a really hard time figuring out when we're going to be done with projects. Let's look at some process that puts more emphasis on estimation, or we're having a really hard time, uh, we, we, we deliver features and then customers don't actually want them. So how can we get more customer feedback earlier on or something like that? Yeah. But I guess I keep harping on this point. It just feels like they they just had some developers and were like, we'll just dump some scrum juice on them and that'll <laughs> it'll work. <laughs> yeah, it could very well be. But you can make that scrum juice more potent. <laughs> <laughs> and then maybe it will help. <laughs> we're we're kind of just crapping all over. We're kind of just crapping all over this question. <laughs> you know, like, no, no, no. I don't know. Just scrum, not the question. Oh, right. I right, think right, so right. many people are in this boat where they're, yeah. they're following some pro- like capital P process and turns out 
it still sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm trying to think of like a non-snarky way to talk someone out of a situation like that. You know, like how do you, besides just saying, well, of course, a good process will isn't going to make dumb engineers smart. Like that's the classic <laughs> line, right? <laughs> yeah, go, say that in your next meeting. <laughs> don't don't say that in your next meeting. <laughs> but how do we? How do you get out of a situation like this? Besides, you know. Besides, yeah, <laughs> quitting besides your job, quit your job, and get a new one, and now you can put Scrum Master on your resume. So. <laughs> Yeah, it is way easier. Or yeah, it's way easier to take pot shots at it. It is from and, the side. And I think you were onto something, Jameson, when you said that when a team selects a process, it's usually because they had a problem that they were trying to solve, and sometimes that problem is very subtle. Like, hey, we're spending too much time deliberating about how to proceed on these like things that should be just automatic procedures. Um, and Scrum can come in and resolve a lot of that because it's like, look, you're going to do iterations. They're going to be this long. There's a clearly stated objective at the beginning of the iteration, and you're supposed to deliver that by the end. Um, you know, and, and it sounds like in this team, those things have not been enumerated and agreed upon by the whole team. Mm-hmm. So I would start there. Start with the why. Once you've understood the why, then these things need to be laid out clear. Write them down. Put them in like a presentation. And get the whole team in a room and, and, and sign off on this thing. And then proceed. Yeah. And then and then tailor it. And always say, you know, in a few months, if this isn't working, we can adjust it. And then have an adjustment meeting in a few months and say, you know, how did it go over the last couple of months? What are we doing? And and can we do it better? That sounds great. That sounds like it would help uh, in, in lots of situations. It feels like there's the negative way you could look at it where it's like these pointy-haired bozos are just trying to make us jump through all these hoops. But your solution gets around that and, and it involves the team in it and, and shows them why, which I think that's, that's the cure for a lot of like resentment about process things. Yeah. This, this is what problem it's solving. And in the meantime, you have this nice title of scrum master, which I'm pretty sure gives you a lot of authority to do things like say, Hey, senior engineer, get my coffee. <laughs> scrum master needs their coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about yourself in the third person, yes. but not with your name, with your title. Yes. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. Do not miss this opportunity. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> all right. With that, the question has clearly been answered. We shoved that question <laughs> into a scrum-shaped box and put a bow on yeah. it. <laughs> we did. Uh, let's do our next question. Dave, do you want to yeah. read this one? I totally do. This comes from a listener okay. named Matt. Matt says, Jameson openly talks about not finishing his degree. How did he put it on his resume or explain it to potential employers? So we've talked about this uh, a couple different times, I feel like, but I haven't ever, maybe I have, I don't know. I'll, I'll tell the whole story and then I'll try and answer the question. Uh, I started college, then I took some time off and, and traveled the world fabulously for a couple of years. And then I came back and just took a computer science class. I liked it. Uh, it was super hard, but it was really engaging to me. So I switched my major to computer science and then I started working on campus as a webmaster, which is the coolest title I've ever had. Webmaster. I wish, I wish more things were called webmaster is it, still. Is it like scrum master, but for webs? <laughs> I did not have a sword. What I had was, 
a, a PHP MyAdmin console <laughs> to our MySQL database. Did you print out a copy of the HTTP RFC and frame it and like shine it in people's eyes? No, I missed that opportunity. Dang, dang. <laughs> I will now, though, to make up for it. Uh, and then I worked in a, in a research lab doing some scientific programming. And then I worked still as a student off campus at a uh, radar manufacturing company. And oh. then... It was April of 2012. I was about to graduate. Uh, one of my classmates told me about this cool job offer or, the, or this cool place that he worked. And I was a little unhappy at, at the place I was currently working. Uh, so I ended up interviewing and getting a job there. And they told me, hey, like you're hired. You're, you're, you're hired full time. You get all these benefits when you come on full time. We understand you're still about to graduate. So you can't come on full time for a little while. Um and I decided now, wait, hold on. that how far away were you from graduation at this point? I was like a month or two. I wait think. a minute. You would, you literally only had a month of classes left. No, no, no. It, it was like one more. I had two classes left. Oh, and okay. I don't okay. think I was taking those two classes. So at you had the time. at least one more semester of, of time of calendar time to finish your degree. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So I wouldn't have graduated in April. I would have graduated. I would have done those in like a summer or a spring term or something like that. But anyways, uh, okay. I decided instead of going to school full-time in a spring term and taking those two classes, I would just start working full-time right away, take those two classes online, and then graduate. And it turns out if you just never log into your online classes, like nothing happens oh, to you. you. Don't... No one comes and knocks on your door. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, so, and it's not like you were going to go seek out that confrontation, right? <laughs> no, heck no. That would be against my nature. So I just like never ever logged into my online classes and I worked full time and had a great time at work. And I, I, I ended up not finishing those two classes yet. <laughs> <laughs> I still may someday. I just had this vision of like two police officers knocking on your door and you're opening it and they're like, are you Jameson Dance? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. It says here you they haven't logged me. into your online class in two months. <laughs> <laughs> I actually live in constant fear of that happening with like cable bills or taxes or like medical bills. I'm just worried I've forgotten something crucial that I'll soon be dragged into jail for. Or the online class police. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but... I, the point is, I was I was definitely in the CS grad pipeline, right? Like I all I was in classes with CS majors, uh, going to career fairs. Like companies are interested in hiring people that looked like what I looked like mm -hmm. for entry level jobs. So it wasn't like I just took some sociology credits and then dropped out, and then was like, oh, I want to program now. Um, I. I, I did enough to get like the career, the early career benefits of graduating with a CS degree. And then the company that hired me just didn't care about degrees at all. Okay. They hired some people out of high school, some people, some other people were, were dropouts. Like it was just a small startup that was pretty informal that cared a lot more about getting stuff done than degrees. Did any of the developers have a CS degree? Yeah. Yeah. A few of them did, but it was probably like half or less, okay. I'd say. Some of that was uh, people were younger at that company than at other places I've worked. And some of it was they just hired lots of people that didn't have CS degrees. When you applied for that job through your friend, did you give them a resume that said, I'm a student in a computer science program? Mm-hmm. I did. And I, 
I imagine that helped get me through some early screening. If I had just up and applied out of nowhere without that, then maybe it would have been different. But also I, I knew my friend who worked at the company, yeah, which is yeah. the, the real thing. They did ask me, I still remember they asked me some whiteboard question about like finding pairs of numbers in an array that added up to a certain number. Uh-huh. And I don't even remember how I did, but I remember it was like vaguely CSE um in in the very unpopular way right yeah, now. Yeah. I took a I took a class on that actually. On <laughs> on adding up no, yeah. pairs of numbers in yeah. an array yeah specifically in an array there was a different class for linked lists with pairs of numbers but yeah huh well i'll never know that then because i'm not going to take that class you could take it online <laughs> i sure could i'll sign up right now um yeah so and then i worked at that first company long enough to get enough experience and enough like connections and enough stuff to look good on my resume that it has never been an issue since then. So do I, you... I mean, I'm sure there are probably some jobs that are closed off to me because I don't have a, a degree, but I also probably don't want to work at those places. So yeah, like, I'm fine with that. Like college professor, for example. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but maybe you could do sociology college professor. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, is that a sick burning in sociology? <laughs> so um, after you finished your first job, did you take the CS thing off your resume i think my i don't think i've gotten a job because of a resume do you do you even have a resume (laughs) i do there's something on linkedin uh i don't know it just says what does it say on linkedin (laughs) i'm gonna find out if i'm committing fraud right now it says i graduated or not it says like a start and end date you're like i did end my time at college yeah (laughs) that's honest (laughs) yeah i don't know i i can say though i haven't like just submitted a resume and then started an interview process from that so so this question doesn't (laughs) apply to me that much oh it says bachelor's of science yes i sure don't have one of those (laughs) um i'm pretty sure i'm going to jail now because i just submitted that on air Hey, uh, listeners, can we just keep this between us? <laughs> I really yeah. couldn't. I couldn't do this show alone, and I don't okay, I'm think gonna you add can to do the this from prison. Right now. Hey, I actually never graduated <laughs> yet. Well, there yeah, you go. That sounds professional, right? So that. <laughs> well, is your boss going to fire you now? Uh, I will check. <laughs> hey, are you going to fire me? Nope, I'm not going to fire you. Awesome. (laughs) You got lucky this time. Yeah. Well, there you go. I do know 100% that I have not misled an employer about having a degree because this has come up in the conversations I've had with employers. Mm -hmm. But but they were all through personal connections. Yeah, yeah. they, They don't care about the people that I worked with didn't care about a degree. I have had the same experience, by the way, Um, except for my very first job right out of college. I don't think any other employer has really considered my degree or where I went to college or what kind of GPA that I got. It's just not something that they care about. What do I do? Do I just click delete? I don't know how to handle this now. <laughs> Poor Jameson is in this ethical quandary. This is from 2012. So I'm pretty sure I updated this in 2012 when I was like, yeah, I'll graduate. I'll just take uh, these summer yeah. classes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
year expected. What if I change it to 2017? <laughs> Maybe this is the year I'll take these classes. And then I've been in school for the last... 10 years. 12 years. Oh, 12. Sorry. 2005 is when I started. I took two years off. And then I also That's took okay. a long just, time just... to graduate because I switched my major a bunch of times. And then I didn't end up graduating. This is a lot of detail about my educational experience. <laughs> is is well, this helpful? I mean, yeah. <laughs> how does this matter to people? Like, I'm just rambling about myself I and I feel pretty stupid. I know. <laughs> I'm not laughing at you. I am. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I am very convincing. I am enjoying. <laughs> I, I read a funny joke in this other tab I have open. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's settle down a little bit. I did not finish my degree. How did I put it on my resume or explain it to employers? It only matters for your first employer. If you can get the first job, it, it doesn't matter after that if you are networking well. That is That's what right. I would say. This is true for, I think, the vast majority of developers. There is obviously a subset of people who will be exempt from this rule. People who have degrees with emphases in very specific things like natural language processing or something that's like highly tailored for a particular job. Yeah, like data science and AI stuff that yeah. those positions are pretty gate kept by degrees, I think, still. Ex exactly. But for I but would, they, they have I like would... data science boot camps and yeah, I, yeah, I don't think do. it's hard and fast. Yeah, it's it's I think it's only a matter of time before even specialties become open to everyone. So anyway, I think that I think we answered the question, which is basically, you know, how what was your experience not having a college degree and getting started out in the industry? And uh we had some good giggles along the way and identified that Jameson has been lying to the internet. I have been lying <laughs> on my on my LinkedIn profile for the past five years. What do I well I'm gonna turn it around to you, Dave. What do I do now? Do I delete this? Do I do I put a note in there? I think we should launch a Twitter poll and let our let our listeners decide what you do with your LinkedIn profile. That sounds a lot like an inquisition. <laughs> How should Jameson be punished for his crimes? <laughs> Let the people decide. Dave, where can people go if they want to hear more about us? Or more, nope, not more about us. If they want to hear more episodes of this show. Ooh, that's easy. They've heard too much about me already. <laughs> that's right. How could anyone want to know more? Um, yeah. I would like to know more about you. But if you would like to know more Tune about in next the, week. More, <laughs> more about the episodes, just hit softskills.audio. That's our website. You can subscribe to the podcast there. That is the best way to share the podcast is by posting that link on Twitter, emailing it to your entire company and telling them all to subscribe. And mm -hmm. and we would love you for it. We would love you anyways because you're already listening. But That's true. You know how like all your children are your favorite, but really, <laughs> really. <laughs> There's this one child that promotes your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the The child with the biggest clout score is actually your favorite <laughs> <laughs> dave's microphone chose this moment to turn into a game boy sound card so i'm gonna close it out your questions help make this podcast interesting and we would love to hear from you if you have questions you can submit them on the google form that's linked to on our website or you can send us a direct message or just a regular tweet and we will put them in the queue and then we will uh, sprinkle some wisdom on them thanks for listening we'll catch you next week